Every woman has a relationship with Aunt Flo. That's the name the woman in my family gave her. Maybe yours did too. But what happens when that relationship gets complicated? What's your overreaction? Welcome to your safe space to wrestle, reconcile, relish, and rejoice in the complicated relationship we have with our reproductive health. It's storytelling with a side of science. You're now listening to Overreaction by Tennille Daniels. Hello and welcome to the Overreaction Podcast. I am your chief storyteller, Tennille Daniels, and I am so happy that you have decided to join me for our weekly story time together. Before we get started, I just want to say that I am so grateful and I am appreciative of all of the feedback that I have received on the podcast thus far. You're telling me that this is a much needed space for black women and women of color as we navigate our reproductive health journeys. And I want to say that this podcast, although it focuses on reproductive health, is about our life journey as well because everything is so interconnected, whether we're talking about our career, our family relationships, our um, love life, all of those things play into how we navigate our reproductive health. And so I am just excited to be able to share my journey with you. This podcast is truly an exercise in vulnerability uh, for me. It's also an exercise in progress, not perfection. So I am going to continue to tweak and improve the podcast uh, as we go along. And I think that's just a testament to how we need to continue to tweak and adapt our lives so that um, they work best for us. I also wanted to share with you all that the podcast is now available on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and my brand new updated website. Go ahead and head over to TennilleDaniels.com. I have been working on this website for several weeks and I am excited to have a place online to share more of my life, more of my story, things I'm working on and things that I love. The website, you know, will also serve as an extension of the podcast. And so when necessary, when they, I have things that I want to go a little bit more in deeper detail on, the blog on the website will be the place where you can go for those additional details and resources so that you can have them right at your fingertips. So if you have not Go ahead and check out the new site. And if you haven't signed up for the newsletter, it is one of the best ways to be the first to know what's going on with me professionally and personally and all of the exciting things that I have coming up with Overreaction. And before we jump into story time, I just want to continue to encourage you to share this podcast with the women in your life, your mother, your sister, your cousins, your good girlfriends, your co-workers. We need a space where we can hear stories that we can relate to and we can share our stories with one another. So go ahead and text a woman, post this on social media. We want to make sure that as many women as possible know about the Overreaction Podcast. All right, well, it is time for our story of the day. In case you need a reminder or have not yet listened to episode one, this is where we left off. So I had just had surgery to remove several large ovarian cysts. And when I came out of surgery, I was told that I had endometriosis. 
And although there are a number of um, impacts and effects that endometriosis can have on your body, the one that impacted me the most was infertility. So welcome to episode two, Feel Like a Woman. Today's story is all about the emotional and mental toll that um, a potential diagnosis of infertility had on me. So let's take a couple steps back. It's now 2007. This is a pretty good year, right? So this is the year that we made the shift from iPods to the first iPhone. I don't know about y'all, but I miss Steve Jobs. I just feel like Apple has not been as innovative um, since Steve Jobs passed away. But he did leave us the iPhone and they continued to iterate it on it. I'm team iPhone, so what am I going to do? I'm just going to keep buying into the Apple culture because I love it. 2007 was also the year that Obama announced that he was joining the race to become the Democratic nominee for president of the United States of America. I mean, before 2007, the only black person that I can remember that had run for um, president, and let me not say the only one that I can remember, but the most recent one person that I can remember was our dear brother, the good old Jesse Jackson. So everybody was so excited and hopeful about what Barack Obama would bring uh, to the scene. And we know how that story ends, um, but that year was just felt filled with so much excitement. You know I had to talk about what were some of the jams from 2007. So Umbrella by Rihanna and Jay-Z was out. T-Pain, Buy Me a Drink was one of the like hot songs of that time. Y'all, I don't understand how T-Pain does not get like the recognition that he deserves because if you remember earlier on in the versus process, uh, T-Pain, I don't even know he, who he went against, but T-Pain has hits for days and he was basically just talking about how like none of the hot new artists want to work with him and I am so clueless as to why. This was also the era of snap music. So we had Soldier Boy with Crank That. We had Pop Lock and Drop by Huey. Rest in peace, Huey. I think he passed away a couple years ago. Walk It Out by um, Unk. I went to Emory University for grad school in Atlanta. So all of this Southern Bounce music and Snap music is right up my alley. We also had Make Me Better by my boy, Neo. It was really fabulous, this song. But Neo made that hook and it was a wrap. If you didn't like Make Me Better, I don't know what was wrong with you. And then... I think everybody was doing this in the club. It was We Fly High by Jim Jones. Ballin'. Y'all, I really think your like mid to late 20s and early 30s are like your prime years. You have the energy. Um, you know, if you aren't still in school, you have the resources and the resolve to go after everything that you want in life and career and love. All right, so now that we know what was going on in 2007, it is time to dig into the story. So as I was growing up as a teenager and as a young adult, I really tied a lot of my self-worth to achievement and validation. And as a person born in 1981, so I am, you know, on the cusp of Generation X and the Millennials, 
our parents kind of brought us up in this very traditional um, mindset. So, you know, as young women and even as young men, we were trained to follow the traditional path. Um, so maybe not in the exact order, but really that if I do A and B, that C and D would follow. So for me, what did that look like? It was go to school, get good grades so you can go to a good college. Then it was go to college, do well so you can come out and get a good job. And then it's like once you graduated from undergrad and if you decided to go straight to grad school like I did, once you left grad school, it was time to get a job, get a house, get a car, and in between all of that, going to work and doing all that, you were making memories with your friends. So that was brunches, nights out at the club, happy hour after work, trips, you know? And hopefully, like, somewhere in between there, you would meet you some good men that you would date and that, you know, one of them would snag you up and make you his wife and you would go on to build a family. So I had most of those things until we got to the dating, the snagging, and the family part, right? And so when I heard that infertility diagnosis, it really, really shook me. You know, I am going to be honest with you all, and I know that my parents might be listening and some of my family members, but when I was in high school, I was involved in a pretty serious relationship with my high school sweetheart. We were together from sophomore year of high school through sophomore year of college, and I spent a portion of, you know, a good portion of high school and a good portion of uh, college, you know, not trying to get pregnant by this man who, you know, I was having a, a sexual uh, life with, right? And so it was like, okay, I spent all of these years trying to not get pregnant. And then here it is, I am, you know, 26, 27 years old, and I'm hit with the news that I would potentially have challenges conceiving. And hearing that news before 30, y'all, it messed with my mind. This is an honest moment. And I keep saying this an honest moment, like I'm not going to be honest all the other times in the podcast, but... If I like highlight the fact that it's an honest moment, you know, I am really just giving y'all what was really, really, really going on in the depths of my heart and my soul at that time. I had a moment where I was like, dang, God, you know, I wished I knew that endometriosis and this potential infertility diagnosis was in my future. Because y'all, if I knew I would have not tried so hard not to get pregnant. Now, I'm not saying that I wanted to get pregnant in high school, but if I had to get pregnant in, in college or, you know, a little bit after college, I was in a place where I could handle, you know, it, it would have taken a lot of support, but I could have handled a child um, at that point in my life. So I was like, God, is, is this really what's going on here? Like, I spent all that time trying not to get pregnant, and now there is this potential that I will never be able to conceive naturally. And I was just really upset with God, right? And so that left me, that potential infertility diagnosis, right? Because there's no guarantee that because you have endometriosis that there, you know, you're definitely not going to be able to conceive naturally, 
But just hearing that and knowing that it was a possibility, it really messed with this overachiever, me. I felt broken. So when you think about women or the definition or the essence of a woman, it's really all around, you know, a woman's ability to be a caretaker, a wife, a mom, a nurturer, all of those things. And I knew that that mother piece may look different to me. Even if we look at women in the Bible, you think about Eve. Yes, she was there to support and nurture her mate, but she was also there to reproduce and multiply. And yes, there were women in the Bible who were barren, but they were perceived at times as lacking. Even though we know that God loves us and no matter what we can and cannot do, we are never lacking anything. But that is the first place that your mind goes when you can't do something that most people can. And for me, in that moment, I felt like damaged goods. I was single at the time. Um, I feel like I'm going to say that a lot during this podcast, right? I was single at the time. Um, there was a guy in my life, but it was long distance. So it really consisted of us, you know, building our relationship over the phone and seeing each other every now and then um, when the opportunity presented itself. And for me, he was a place of comfort for me. He was the only guy that I shared my endometriosis diagnosis with in those first few years. And I also share with him how scared that made me feel. The word infertility for me just also brought up so many different feelings. I didn't feel like a woman anymore. And I know that may sound funny, but when the thing that women are divinely created to do is taken away from you, it just brings up so many different feelings. I had feelings of shame, guilt, inadequacy, fear, and rejection started to bubble up as well. I share this because I believe that although it's hard for any woman who hears um, that she may or will have uh, issues conceiving naturally, that it's especially hard to hear when you're single, not married, and you desire that level of partnership and companionship in the future. Other feelings I felt were anger, sadness, disappointment, grief, self-blame, all the things that can chip away at your self-esteem and your emotional and mental health. So now we're going to stop the story. This is a part of the episode where I'm going to share with you some practical tips about a topic that we just discussed. And today we are focusing on how do you navigate an infertility diagnosis? Some of these things I did um, as a way to uh, heal and attempt to move forward from the diagnosis. And some of these are things that I wish I had known at the time that would have made my journey a little bit easier as I wrestled with the diagnosis or the potential diagnosis. So the first one is you have to take time to process, acknowledge and feel 
all of the feelings. I just went through probably a list of 10 different feelings that I felt after hearing that I may not be able to conceive naturally. And you have to allow yourself to feel those things, to acknowledge that they are things that are bothering you. And then you have to take some action um, to heal those areas because otherwise you can go into a place of isolation and depression. Something that I did not do at the time that I wish I had done was to seek out therapy and or community. Um, for me, I felt like I was the only, you know, 20 something who was dealing with a, a diagnosis like this. And I know now that there are many other women who got a similar diagnosis at around or around that age that I could have leaned on. Um, for support and and just guidance on how to navigate some of the feelings that I was uh, experiencing during this time. I did end up going to therapy a little bit later in my journey, and you all will hear that in an um, upcoming episode. But had I gone to therapy uh, much earlier on, uh, when I found out that you know I, I may deal with infertility, I think my whole mindset would have shifted and I would have been a little bit more um, present and focused on where I was in this moment versus just uh, fantasizing and, and being so fearful of what was to come in the future. Which leads me to my next point, focus on the present, prepare for the future. I focus so much on the future that I allow things that may or may not come to fruition or things that may or may not be a problem in the future dictate how I operated in my present. The fear of what my future may look like caused me to make some really bad decisions in my present that in hindsight didn't really serve my future well. Um, and, you know, I, I don't want to say that I regret anything that has happened to me or that I've done. Of course, we can all learn from decisions that we've made. But um, I do think that if I had been more focused on the present and, and less fearful of the future, that I would have definitely moved a little bit differently. My last point here is you have to ground yourself in faith. I want to acknowledge that it is okay to be upset and angry with God. God is our heavenly father. And just like we may get upset or angry or even be disappointed with our earthly fathers or um, people in our family or those that we have intimate relationships with, whether there are significant others or our friends, there are times in relationships where we have to communicate how we are feeling and we understand that people are going to make us mad. They're going to hurt us. Um, and so just as we may communicate those things to, to people here on earth, God wants us to communicate those feelings with him as well. He wants that same level of intimate relationship that we have with others where we feel so um, may feel so free to share with them to share those same things with him. Um, and honestly, y'all, he already knows. He's omniscient, right? So he knows how we feel, even if we don't vocalize it. So we might as well just 
um, strengthen and deepen our level of intimacy with God by sharing those things and just being real with him. God knows that you're upset with him. And sometimes we um, we allow our actions to kind of show, we think that's showing God that we're mad at him and we, you know, don't read our Bible as much. And, and I'll be honest, I did those things. I isolated myself from God because I started to think like, why me? Right? But he desires that level of intimacy um, and that type of relationship for from us. After I got all got over the initial kind of uh, disappointment and anger with God, honestly, for me, it was my faith and, you know, reading the word and listening to different sermons and feeding myself spiritually that prevented me from going to a totally dark and isolated place. Trust me, I have had my periods of dark moments. But those dark moments and those dark places weren't as dark as they could have been because of my faith. And so I encourage you to get into a relationship and and just to nurture your relationship when you feel yourself going down those those dark holes, because it is faith that is going to save you from the the deepest and darkest places that a, a potential diagnosis like this can take you to. All right, now let's jump back into the story. I read an article entitled Infertility, the loneliest club I've ever belonged to, or at least I thought. I think that speaks directly to the fact that we're not sharing enough of our stories with others. Um, But I agree because I felt very alone and isolated when I had my infertility uh, diagnosis. I was one of the first in my friend group um, to deal with something like that and definitely um, one of the only ones to be single when I got the potential diagnosis. And I think, again, it just hits a little bit differently um, when you're not married or you don't have a, a significant other. For me, I always felt like, okay, I would get I would get to a place where I wanted to be serious with someone and we were in a a committed relationship and we started talking about marriage and kids and all of these things. And I would have to bring up, you know, the fact that I may not be able to conceive naturally and what that meant for the man. Would he still want to be with me and to love me because I had what I looked at at the time as this deficiency, you know? And I felt like my body had failed me and I wanted to feel like a woman. So I began to long for people and things that would fill that void, which led to, child, a few years of me looking for love in all the wrong places. Do you all know that Jaheem song? I'm not going to sing it for y'all, but... If you don't, go check it out because that's where I was. It might not have been everything that he was talking about in the verses on that song, but when they got to the chorus and he started singing, looking for love in all the wrong places, been around, seen a lot of pretty faces, child, I was like, that's me. They weren't pretty faces. They were handsome faces, but you get my drift. But it really impacted my dating life. And so that is going to be the topic of story time next week. 
playtime might be over, but the soundtrack for today's episode lives on. At the end of each episode, I am going to share a song that ministered or spoke to me during this part of my life and how I was feeling. And for today, that song is India's song by India Ari. Y'all, at this point in 2007, I think India Ari was like Shea Butter, Butter for the Soul. She was women's empowerment. She was about healing. And that was the space that I was in. And so I love this lyric off of that song. It says, and I want to go where the mountains are high enough to echo my song. I want to go where the rivers run deep enough to drown my shame which I talked about earlier. I had a lot of shame associated with my infertility diagnosis. I want to go where the stars shine bright enough to show me the way. I want to go where the wind calls my name. So go check out the Overreaction Podcast playlist on Apple Music and Spotify. And as always, let me know if there are songs that just minister to you and uplift you and heal you because I want this to be a community playlist. And with that, our time together is over. Please remember to share this podcast with a woman in your life. Send her a text, post this on social media, um, slide in my DMs and let me know what you think about the podcast. And while you're at it, go check out the new website, tennilldaniels.com. That's T-E-N-N-I-L-L-E daniels.com. And as you go about your week, remember, stand in your story and show up in the world. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Overreaction by Tanil Daniels. Love what you heard? Go ahead and subscribe, share, rate, and review. Also, I want to hear your overreaction. So head over to TanilDaniels.com and click the podcast tab to share yours. Remember, stand in your story, show up in the world.